The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you are called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to the people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the full measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemings. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. For him, the whole body, joined and held together by supporting ligaments, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So the two years I took off between undergrad and seminary, I worked at Best Buy. And about once a year, I'd have a review And I would walk into my manager's office and I would say, well, today, are you going to promote me to customer, right? That was always my joke, was that one day I would no longer be an employee, they would be done with me, and they would say, Josh, we appreciate everything you've done, and you are promoted to customer. Great. Well, I've reached one year as the pastor of Axe Church Leander, and I have not yet been promoted to parishioner, so you're stuck with me a little while longer. We've been looking, though, and talking through, as a church leadership, where has God been calling us? What does that look like? What does 2019 look like for us as a church? We don't want to be looking back and saying our glory days were back when, whether that was last year or five years ago or 50 years ago or 2,000 years ago. No, we believe God has a future in store for our community. We believe Jesus is still moving. He's still working. And so we've been diving deep into, God, where are you calling us as a church? But one of the aspects of understanding where he's calling us is realizing where we've been, how we got here. And so a question that we as staff have been asking is how do we grow Christians? And even before that, who are some of the Christians that we've seen in our lives that have really been influential? And so before we start this series off, we're going to do a little time of question and answer among ourselves. And so I'm going to ask you guys to stand up and answer this question with someone sitting relatively close to you. So, who is a person in your life who influenced your faith journey positively? And what made them so influential? So I know some of you love this time of church. We're like, yes, I get to talk. And I know others of you are like, they're making me do it again. Um, but this is an opportunity for us as a body of Christ to celebrate a little bit of some of the people who God has placed in our lives who have been positive influencers in our faith. So stand up, take a couple minutes, introduce yourself to someone you don't know, and uh, yeah, answer that question.
All right, guys, I'm going to ask you to bring it back in. We're going to dive into our message for today. Uh, and before we start the message, I'm going to ask you guys to pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before a good God, a God who still has plans for this world, who still has entrusted those plans with your people. Uh, and while sometimes we can debate whether or not we are the best, humanity is the best way uh, for you to rescue and redeem a broken world, uh, your word is true, Lord. And so we lift up uh, this service to you, we lift up this message to you, we lift up 2019 to you. Lord, we say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So, this question has been the one that I've come back to again and again and again over the last year. I didn't want to come in and decide everything that was supposed to happen at Axe. I didn't want to come in knocking over uh, China, that bull in a China shop mentality when I first got here. I wanted to spend time asking God and asking you, what are you doing here, God? What does it look like? What does ministry look like here? Where is God already moving in and through the life of Axe? But then beyond that, as a pastor, the question I kept coming back to was, what, what makes a good church? Is it having really good messages on Sunday? Is it having a kicking, rocking music team? Is it community groups? Is it how much stuff we're doing outside the community as opposed to inside the church building walls? Right. And I kept coming back to this question, God, what makes a good church? What makes a church good? And he kept driving me back to Ephesians. Again, that chapter 4 in Ephesians really focuses on what's the point of church. At the end of it, he says this. Instead of speaking the truth in love, instead, <laughs> speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the end goal of church. To be closer to God, to be closer to his community, and to be equipped to be able to go out and do the works that Ephesians 2.10 says that he prepared in advance for us to do. So when you're looking at what does a good church look like, well, it happens when you have a deeper connection with who our God is. You're growing closer to who he is, what he's done for you. A relationship with the Father, a relationship with the Son, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But also a deepening with the body of Christ, and we're going to dive into that a little bit later, but that imagery that he uses, that language he uses... A body needs its different members. And if you take nothing else away from this series, know this. Acts Church needs you. We're incomplete when we're not connected to the people God has in store for us. And last but not least, a good church equips the people of God with the resources, with the knowledge, with the encouragement, and with the challenge its people need to go out and leave an impact, to be those change agents, to be those ambassadors of Christ. So we're going to look at each of these. But with each of them, there's going to be a myth that's going to work against us getting where we want to go. So when we're talking about a deeper connection with God, the big myth here is that your works are going to determine how close you are to God. 
So how often you get to church is going to determine how close you are to God. How many times a week you pray is going to get you how, how closer to God. Reading the Bible is going to get you closer to God. Now, none of those things are bad, but there is a wrong presupposition that starts all of them, that somehow that we have to reach up to God to have a connection with him, that it's our works, that we have to find some kind of stairway to get into heaven, to be able to poke around where God's at, and if we do it well enough, then God will have a relationship with us. But the reality is actually just the opposite. The narrative of the story of the Gospels is not people reaching up to God, but no, John 1 tells us the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word dwelling means to tabernacle or to pitch a tent. The narrative of scripture isn't that we were good enough to connect to God. The narrative of scripture is that we have a God who shows up even when we weren't looking for him, does life for us, fights for us, and connects himself to us. I was talking with one of our elders a couple of weeks ago, and he brought up this line from Matt Chandler that says, uh, positioning yourself under the faucet of grace. You don't know how you get closer to God. It's by allowing him to move. It's about putting yourself in situations where you hear his word, where you're reminded of grace. And this word grace in Greek isn't exactly how we typically translate it in English. So if I say grace to a Christian, typically their mind immediately goes to forgiveness of sins, right? For it is by the grace of God that you are saved. And for sure, grace is forgiveness, but it's not only forgiveness. See, the word grace in Greek actually comes from the word charis, and it means gift. Right? It's a free gift. It's not something we work for. It's not something we earn. But when you read through Scripture, in fact, even when you read through Ephesians 4, it says, but God gave them gifts. That word gifts is grace. And grace comes in all kinds of different forms. It comes in forgiveness of sins. But it also comes in the presence of God comes in his peace, that Philippians 4, for the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds, comes in all shapes and sizes, but at the end of the day, your relationship with God isn't based on you figuring it out. Your relationship with God is based on Jesus coming down, fighting for you, and then finding ways that you can connect to that where you can hear forgiveness of sins, where you can hear his story of a God who fights for you. And those things deepen our connection with him. Those things draw us closer to him. Right? So deepening connection with God, but then a deeper connection with the body of Christ. And here, the big myth in America is that you can experience a full life of following Jesus without being in Christian community. And the idea is, well, as long as I have my Bible... As long as I talk to Jesus every morning, I don't know why I went into the southern accent. My southern accent's horrible. <laughs> anyway, right? As long as I have these things, it's a relationship between me and God that's important. And yes, you have an individual relationship with God, but the truth is you were designed for Christian community. God literally built you not for isolation. You see, sin is what isolates us. 
Sin is what separates us from other people. Sin is what makes us by ourselves, right? It separates us from God, it separates us from people, and it separates us from the world. But Christ's whole mission, right, when he goes and he finds the one lost lamb, he individually seeks the lamb out, but then he's not like, all right, now the shepherd and this one lamb are going to do life by themselves. No, what does he do with the lamb? He brings it back to the herd. He brings it back to the flock. And we see this in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul writes this to the church, As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. You see, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you, and this is one of those y'alls, this is a plural you, now y'all are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. See, the truth of Scripture is that God uniquely designed all of us to reflect him in a different way. But he uniquely designed us like a Lego set. And if a Lego set is missing a piece, it's not complete. If a body is missing its hand, it can't function as well as it should. And what's really unique here is that Paul says, the parts that you think are really important not as important as you think, right? So I can say my hair and my body is really, really important. But at the end of the day, if it all left, right? If I wake up tomorrow and I'm bald, I still exist, right? I might, just, might have a colder head. Paul says the parts that you think are really important really aren't. Parts like the pastor aren't as important as we find out. And in fact, the parts that we don't think are all that important are all that valuable to what God is doing. Scripture says, no, those are actually essential to how God is moving, to what God is doing. So hear me clearly. You are essential to what God is doing here at this church. From birth to death, God designed you to be a part of Christian community. And we as a church aren't as healthy, aren't as vibrant, aren't as active when we're not connected to the full beauty that God has placed in this church. And it goes just beyond the people who are here today or the people who are family members now. No, God has people we don't even know in this community that he designed to be a part of the body of Christ. And so we want to find them. We want to invite them. We want them to know they have a place here. And so part of our goals for 2019 is realizing, no, we want the demographics of this church to represent the demographics of Leander. Because we believe that's who God has brought to this community, and we will be fullness when we represent that. Deepening connection with God, deepening connection with Christian community, and last and not least, we're equipped to be more like Jesus. See, there are two big Christian myths within American Christianity. One side says, no, you have to work your way to God. 
You have to climb that ladder before God will really love you. And we find in Scripture is, nope, that is not the story. But the flip side of that is that all that matters is what God has done. You are a passive recipient of what God is doing, and so you just got to show up and get that, and then you leave. And then all of a sudden, what church ends up being is this hour and a half long thing that we do. We sit under the grace of God. We hear that he loves us, that he forgives us, that he goes with us, and then we leave. And yet when you look at Jesus and you look at his ministry, he does not call his disciples to passivity. No, the truth is he calls them to follow, and they become active agents of what God is doing. They start moving. They start following. They start reflecting Jesus in the same way that everywhere Jesus went, things got better. Everywhere his people went, things got better. And so this idea that as a church, we want to be resourcing you to draw closer to who our God is, to draw closer to who he made you to be, who he designed you to be, so you can have that same impact so that you can do those good works that God said he prepared in advance for us to do. He says this in Ephesians 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service. So the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach a unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the full measure the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What Paul says is he created the church. He created things like pastors and leaders within the church to equip the saints, to equip God's kids so they would be in the best position that when they are in their day-to-day lives, at work, at school, that they would be agents of our God, that they would be ambassadors of Christ. So our big audacious goal, number one, for 2019 is what it would look like if our people reflected Christ. Think about that for a moment. You've got about 300 people at Acts. What would it look like if every one of them, from toddler to grandma, reflected Jesus in their work, reflected Christ in their school? His love, his forgiveness, his presence, it would literally change the world. It would change our community. It would change our neighborhoods. It would change this church. Our people reflect Christ. And the three ways we're going to be kind of measuring that and tracking that are based on our people engaging with the body of Christ. And this doesn't doesn't just mean Sunday mornings. Oftentimes, as Christians, we can say, Engagement with the body, engagement with church primarily exists for that one hour on Sunday mornings. Now, we want you here, but we also realize that, quite frankly, if this is all it is, all of us are lacking. Engagement with the body is stuff like community groups, stuff like service projects, it's stuff like texting one another, hey, how can I be praying for you? What's God up to? Finding ways to regularly connect with the body in a myriad of different ways, and saying, so it's not just about what happens on Sunday morning. That is not going to be our metric, how many butts showed up in the seats. No. 
At the end of the day, as a pastor, quite frankly, if you are connecting with his body, if you are hearing grace through conversations with each other, that is just as valuable as Sunday mornings. Without saying, don't come to Sunday mornings, right? Number one. Number two, engaging with prayer and scripture. We just went through a series called How to Read Your Bible, which is based off of 2 Timothy 3, which says, for scripture is God's living breath to train and to equip you. So at the end of the day, more than my messages, more than community group questions, we believe God's word is his active voice into our lives to train and equip us to be those disciples of Christ. And we believe we actually have communication channels with God. And so as a church, we're going to be looking for different ways to engage our members, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the week in Scripture. We started to pilot some programs over the How to Read Your Bible is where we had these smaller reading guides that we went through as a church. And so we're going to go above and beyond that in 2019 and just find different ways to connect you to God's Word that we can walk through together. And last but not least is this idea that we want to serve as the ambassadors of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 says we were called, we were made to be ambassadors of reconciliation as if God was making his appeal through us. In 2019, we want to track gospel stories. Not how many people become Christian, because that's not us, right? The Holy Spirit is the one who makes Christians. The Holy Spirit and Jesus, they do all the heavy lifting. But what we get to do is we do get to be the agents who tell the story. And so we want to celebrate those stories in 2019 of opportunities where our folks have had the privilege to serve as that ambassador of reconciliation, to tell the story of what God is doing, whether it be in the schools, whether it be at work, whether it be fellow students, to say, no, as Christians, we want to be his ambassadors here on earth. And we actually get to now see an example of what this looks like about 4,000 miles away. So our two big goals for 2019 are our people reflect Christ and then our community partners flourish. So I'm going to invite Mr. Gregory up and he is with Crossing Cambodia Ministries. And we've been partnered with you now for three years. Is that right? Four years? Three. Yeah. Three, four years. All right. Almost four years. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. And we're going to do a little sit down. Uh, if you want to grab a stool, sit in seat. Okay. And we're going to talk through... Uh, what discipleship looks like in Cambodia. So can you give us a 30-second spiel of what you're doing uh, some 4,000 miles away? So am I really only 4,000 miles away? I thought I was further. Oh, I, you know, Google can lie to me sometimes. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I mean, as many of you already know, our ministry, our main ministry works with street kids. Um, these are kids who are kind of at the bottom of society, and their families can't do the basic jobs that families are supposed to do, like waking them up in the morning, calling school when they are sick, um, just doing a lot, you know, making sure they're fed every day. And so what we do is every weekday we go out and we find them at about 6 a.m. We drag them out of bed, bring them to a center where we feed them breakfast, clean them up, uh, get them into school uniforms, and send them off to school. And uh, just some mad props to our staff in Cambodia. They have 28 kids that they're able to get ready for school in under half an hour. I know I, have, I can't even get my, my two kids ready for school in less than an hour. 
But, uh, you know, we send them to school, and then they come back in the afternoons. We give them lunch. We have uh, Bible lessons, uh, English classes, tutoring time, homework time, whatever activities we can piece together for them. And then we're also attempting to try and develop an outreach to young men. Um, last time I was here, we talked about we had an idea for trying to start a farm. Unfortunately, that fell through, but we're still trying to find a way to provide jobs for young men. And so we decided, let's go small and let's just go hang out where these younger guys are at in the evenings, and we're going to do fitness in the parks with them. So, cool. Yeah. So today we're talking about deepening our relationship with God, with Christian, Christian community, and serving as ambassador of Christ. So, kind of in line with that, uh, what role does helping these youth find Christian community play in your ministry? Um, so these youth, like the kids especially in our, our program, they are not really part of the greater Cambodian community. They are looked down upon, they are cast out from their community because of the Buddhist belief in reincarnation, which says that uh, they were horrible people in a previous life. Being reincarnated as street kids is punishment for everything they did before. So there's no motivation to do anything. People look down on them. People don't even want them around. And so we reach out to them knowing that God loves them and wanting to fill in these needs that you know their families should be filling and creating that community in our center for them. We, you know, we have them in small groups of about five. For every five kids, there's one full-time staff person whose job it is to be like big brother, big sister. Um, as I was telling our nearby partners, when you asked the question about who was an influencer in my life, it was my father because my father was a, a daily part of my faith. He taught me the Bible daily at home, uh, did devotions, and we decided we want to do that for these kids. We need to be like their family because that's how we're going to share faith with them and create a Christian community and raise them up to be to be those who are sharing their, their faith with, with the, the homeless community, with the poor community in Cambodia. I love it. Um, and, now, and do you have any stories as far as some of these youth moving from disciple to disciple makers or starting to serve as those ambassadors of Christ? Um, we're slowly getting there. We're kind of taking a long-term approach to it, you know, like raising kids. But one of the cool things is our kids are growing up. You know, the, the oldest kid we have now is 13, and there's another boy who's, or no, she's 14, there's a boy who's 13. And, you know, just this last August, uh, one of our staff members, I didn't even, one of the wonderful things about volunteers, if anyone ever wants to come out, is I find out things about my staff I never, they don't dare tell me. Um, <laughs> but it just turned out she hadn't been baptized. I just assumed she'd been baptized because she was a Christian. She, her father, you know, was kind of a part-time pastor out in a village church. But she hadn't been baptized, and we had a team out. We were down at the beach with all our kids, and she decided to get baptized then with, the, with them. And she was baptized in the, in the Gulf of Thailand, and we had all our kids around watching. And as these kids are getting older, they got a chance to, set, to see that. And they got a chance to say, can I do that too? Um, and we told them, you know, take some time. Let's study the Bible, and let's make sure you know what this means so that you too can, can make that decision to, to be baptized and join the body of Christ. You know, and we do see them as a family, taking care of each other on the streets, looking out for one another. And so hopefully as we continue to see their faith grow, they will continue to reach out to the kids and families around them. I love it. And lastly, we talked about some of the myths that Christians in the States believe. What are some of the biggest myths that your youth have to fight through in Cambodia? Um, one of the biggest myths is probably the idea that the church is there solely to serve them. I think, uh, you know, the church is there for them. It is to, there to uplift one another. But because people in Cambodia, they, they look at you know, me as an American who is, has more money than they do, that I'm the one who should be taking care of them. The church needs to be giving you know, them everything and taking care of them, when in reality we want to teach them that you know, the church is a community that takes care of each other. You know, you, 
if you're in need, the church will help you, but then also you're there to serve with the church, to serve alongside others and reach out to the community surrounding the church. So that's one of the biggest myths. Um, I should have brought my paper up. I wrote it down. I can, I'm completely spacing. I had well, one no. more that I was going to bring up. I but. think that's that idea of the body of Christ and the realization that, no, you are crucial to what God is doing. You're not just a recipient. Hey, thank you. Um, <laughs> the other myth is that you can be both a Christian and a Buddhist at the same time. That's, you know... You know, we, we know from Scripture, we know that Christ tells us, I am the way, you know, not I am one of the ways. He, you know, Christ is the way, and we, it, it is hard, you know, the world over to, te- to, get pe- to, con- to get people to understand that, you know, when you are a Christian, you are committed to God, not to, you know, kind of maybe serving God and maybe serving someone else. You serve God, and God, you know, you are part of that Christian community. Absolutely. All right, and last but not least, um, as far as what you're looking for, what's the next mission is the um, uh, gym equipment, correct, for these uh, kind of older youth, yeah. young men? So, I mean, so last year when I was here, we were talking about a farm. The idea is, you know, these young guys, as they get older, they want to find work. They want to earn money uh, to take care of themselves, their families. And we had this idea of a farm, which unfortunately fell through. Our lease contract got yanked out from under us. The money never really came together. It felt like God was saying... Not yet, but we thought about it, you know, what is the main thing God wants us to do? And, like, we want to reach out to these young men. We need to be a positive role model for these young men if we want to, in fact, if we want to change society in general, we need to reach out to young men because so many of, you know, human trafficking and all, a lot of these issues are driven by the desires of men. So we got to teach them to be good young men. And so we thought, all right, what's an easy way to reach out to these young men? Where do they go at night? And they go to the park. You know, they go work out and do fitness in the park. So we figured, all right, let's go do that with them. And so the last couple months, I've gotten into the best shape I've been in in years because <laughs> I've been doing push-ups with these guys in the park. And, you know, we decided, well, let's just go buy some weights and some fitness equipment, throw it on a trailer and drag it out there and see how many young men we can get. And then, you know, that'll be, a, we can pay some of the boys from our ministry to just be the ones who watch and make sure nothing gets stolen. And we'll see where God takes it from there. So, um you know, on your way out, if you want to grab some information, sign up for our newsletter, that'd be great. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff on our table there that we're selling to help with our, you know, that helps raise money for us. But then we're also specifically aiming to raise about $600 just to buy weight sets for the, this ministry. And we've got a love offering box in the back. So if that's something that you would like to help um, financially uh, kind of participate and invest in, there's that as well. Uh, and we want to end with just kind of praying over your ministry and just this uh, next stage of what God's up to. Is that cool? Yeah, sounds All right, great. I'm going to touch you now. Right. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we come before you a good God. Lord, who is moving in all kinds of different ways. Lord, and we thank you that it's not just localized here in Leander, Lord, but that your spirit um, is moving in the lives of these uh, young men and women in Cambodia. Lord, we lift up this next uh, mission endeavor, Lord, uh, to create community uh, through taking care of the body. Lord, you are a a God who created physical bodies, uh, and so uh, we just lift this up, Lord. We lift up the funding, we lift up the relationships, and ultimately, Lord, we're asking for a good field. Lord, so when that gospel seed starts to uh, hit the ground, Lord, that it takes root, Lord, and that it starts to uh, bear that harvest of 30, 50, or 100 times what is planted. Lord, we lift up uh, Greg, we lift up his family, and we lift up crossing Cambodia uh, to you. We say this all in your sense precious name. Amen. Amen. You guys give me a round of applause for... (laughs) Glorious.
Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.